Yesterday I arrived on the Isle of Lewis and Harris in the Outer Hebrides in Scotland and this has been a, a dream of mine for many years. I've wanted to explore the Western Isles for a long time because they seem magical and my family is Scottish and I always heard about the Gulf Stream and the beauty of the place. And another reason why I've always wanted to come here is because of the Harris Tweed weavers. I love the continuity of craft and the beauty of tweed and wool and the stories that go with it and this is where Harris Tweed is made it's made by single people in a shed over a loom and so one of my dreams is to meet a weaver and see tweed being made and then just yesterday a friend of mine let me know that his great-grandfather had actually invented the loom that is commonly used by Harris Tweed Weavers, the Hattersley Domestic Loom. So, I thought this would be the perfect Curious Cat adventure to try and find this loom, to see if we can find a weaver that is still using this machine that was invented in, I think, the Victorian times. We're going to set out to Luskentire Beach, which is supposed to be one of the most beautiful beaches in the world. I've been told that it's white sand and turquoise seas. And I also know that there is a weaver that is based there. So with a bit of luck, we might be able to knock on his door and see him at work. Welcome to The Curious Cat, a podcast for the curious and adventurous. I'm Donja Mackay. We're here at Six Luskentire on the island of Harris. Can you describe this, this view? That's not easy to do. On a day like this, it is just beautiful. To me, there's no other place like it. See that expanse of sand there just now? The tide's on the turn, it's coming in. In a few hours, there'll be no sand to be seen there, just water, wall to wall. And then later on, it'll be sand wall to wall. Can you tell us what you do? I weave Harris Tweed. And if someone didn't know what Harris Tweed was, how would you describe it? Oh, an iconic product, world famous, that lends itself to many, many end uses nowadays. And it is a quality, quality product that has its own registered trademark that is protected by an Act of Parliament. And I don't think there's many fabrics in the world that can claim that. I read that you've got an MBE. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about that? The MBE was awarded or given to me for services to the Harris Tweed industry. Some years ago, well actually 2003, Nike approached us to see if we could do a small run for them of their own design. So it became an order and um, when that order was placed in, um, it could be February 04, 2004, the industry then was in a three-day week with, with uh, just very, very little work in the mills. They were more or less in care and maintenance. Is that because there wasn't the market for There it? was no demand. For, there was very little demand at that time. But that's nothing unusual in the textile trade, especially in the woven textiles. Mm. But at that time, for a few years, the Harris Tweed was, was um, suffering 
because I've just it wasn't the favour of the month then. But anyway, when this came along, when Nike came along, and when they placed their order, the first time the first order was for um, nine hundred and fifty meters in about ten or twelve weeks. Now that that was a very very good order for anybody, but more so for a one man band. Well, two man Maureen, a wife, she was seeing to the administration, and I was doing all the weaving then. So that was okay. I said leave it, and I'll have to sort something out tonight. But by then, an hour later, she was out again. She said, no, it's wrong. It's 9,000 metres to one. 9,500 metres to one in the same time scale. So, so that extra zero. Yes, made a, a big, big difference. So that is when I had to enlist the help of the Sharbust Mill, which was then Kenneth MacLeod's of Sharbust, owned by Derek Murray. And I had to seek their help to see what could be done because certainly I didn't want to... Suppose I wouldn't get the order if the industry got it. So was that something unusual to, as a, a single weaver, to go out and seek cooperation from others? Was because you had to do it to I had fulfil to do it that order? I was, uh, yes, I don't think it happened very often before that, but when I did, I certainly got the full cooperation of the of Sharbus uh, Mill, and uh, of course on a three-day week it became. Working seven days, no, no, not quite seven, but certainly a lot of work was done to prepare all the yarn and then prepare the, prepare the warps and get some even some weavers were taken out of retirement because all my tweeds are single width, yeah. And that's uh, the mill wanted to keep it the order as I presented it to Nike so that there would be no comebacks, so they went for the single width, so that was it. And that was a big uh, turnaround for the industry that time because after that, when the press got wind of the order, you can imagine that everything went just... Because suddenly Harris Tweed became this fashionable oh, oh, garment absolutely. that everyone wanted. And then it was used by Nike. And Nike had a, had um, they had the attention of the younger a younger generation. And that was, they, they had access to a younger market, which... Perhaps the hardest that we needed at the time. Yeah. And with that particular weave, did they specify what colours they wanted? No, no. So it's completely your At the outset they did, their own design, but they scrapped their own design and they wanted for one of my designs. And uh, so that was it. And um, after that, when the whole thing was produced, uh, well, the, the attention and the publicity it attracted was just marketing of on a scale that could not certainly the industry couldn't afford it and it was for nothing so that gave the Harris Tweed a big big boost and mm. lift so do you feel almost that you're a spokesperson or maybe a, a guardian of Harris Tweed no I'm one of many no no I'm one of many and uh, we were we are passionate about see what we have here is precious because how many other remote corners of the world have such an iconic brand and a quality product such as Harris Tweed? And uh, we should be very, very proud of it and and um, treat it as such and do it as best as we can. Because, you know, of course, it's, it's checked after, after every weaver, after every piece has been done, it's checked. But uh, that aside, we have to make sure as weavers that we're doing it the way it should be done. Yeah. There's 
No, uh, the, the way it should be done, the way we were taught to do it. How were you taught to do it? Is this something that ran through your family? Yes, indeed. My dad was a weaver and a very, um, very patient man, a lot of attention to detail. With all the saying is that, no, when you're doing something, when you've been doing it for a while, you know when it's right or wrong. Sometimes you can get away with it. No, he said, no, no, you know. So no cutting corners? No. And he said, remember, if you're not happy with it, don't expect anybody else to be happy with it. I don't even present it. Did you go to school and then learn in the weekends or evenings? Or did you just watch him and learn that Watching way? up to a certain age. But remember, at that time, in the, in the 60s, well, we were a big family with nothing going for us at that time except what my dad earned and all he could was from the craft and we no he had nothing. So we as we were getting older and stronger, we had to do our bit in helping him produce the tweed. So there could be three three boys af- after school. There was there'd be perhaps somebody helping with the weaving and another two perhaps would be filling the weft or the bobbins as we call them for my dad to use up the next day to keep him going so that he wouldn't have to stop weaving. Because what I saying then, if the if the loom is not making a noise, it's not earning. So we had to make sure that my dad, the loom didn't have to stop because he was filling bobbins because that was our job in the after school. It's really interesting coming on to um, Lewis and Harris and seeing how how do people make a living yeah. here? But excuse me, no, you, you, I'll, I'll come back to that. Come back. The postman's just arrived. Come in. Yeah. I just turned up. Are you doing for For a podcast. podcast. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Hello, hello. hello. How are you? Oh, wonderful. Great, great. Beautiful tweet. Thank you. <laughs> Did you do it by yourself? Or it... Uh, most of it, yes. Oh, most wow. of it, yeah. Not all of it. Most of it, uh-huh. certainly, certainly, certainly. Yes. Ah, it's very nice. Yes. Wonderful. Where are you doing it? Here in the... Is that... There. Oh, oh yeah. You want to see? Oh, please. Yeah. There. Lovely. Are you coming? I'll come and yeah. I'll record it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask you about, so you work on the single. Yes, I'm on the single bit. Is this the Hattersley domestically? It is the Hattersley, yep. I found out just a couple of days ago that my friend's great-grandfather was Hattersley. He was the one that uh-huh. invented it. Oh, well, well. Which is amazing. It is amazing, it is amazing. How would you describe it to somebody, what this machine looks like? Oh, well, it looks like... It's a lot of people, well, people that come in here, refer it to something something along the lines of an old printing press. I've never seen a printing press, mm-hmm. old or new. No, you're okay, you're okay, you're yeah, okay. It'll just add to the atmosphere. Exactly. <laughs> yes, so that's it. It's, it's certainly, it's a, it's a shuttle loom. Now, the new loom that's replaced this one, it hasn't got a shuttle, it's got the, the rapier. So, so it's um, no. I like to get my eyes adjusted to them. Yeah. So, so um, yeah, six shuttle. I think I think it, they were described as a six shuttle Hatsu domestic loom. 
of the Saint Juan. And um, I don't know, my dad would be using a much older version of this one. So did you buy this version? I bought this one second hand in 1984. It came brand new to Harris and Gather in 1970. And the last of them were made in the mid-80s. Right. And I had the great, I don't know how many generations, but I had a Mr. Smith here, who was the great, great grandson of Hattersley. Oh. And this gentleman, he had heard all about the, well, the old business, but the number of looms that went to the Western Isles. He made it his ambition that when he would retire, that he would go up to this remote place and see if he could find any of the looms that were made in Kitley. So he popped in here and uh, somebody like you, he was there, somebody came in and uh, took a photo together. And, uh, Lovely. Yeah. And uh, it was him that told that the last, the firm closed in 85 and it seemed to think that the last looms were made for the Hebrides okay. in 84. Yeah. yeah. It's got a lovely smell of kind of oil and grease yeah. in the workroom. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, 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 so now, now you, 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 you come near me. Yeah. So seeing you've got her uh, strings, just in case. No, you're okay. No, 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 you're okay. Because this is going to come forward, and and I will uh, I'll put that there. Have very muscular thighs. Well, I feel them. <laughs> At least he doesn't need a bicycle. Training all day long. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm always amazed by how much is weaved or produced yes, in such fast. a quick time. Yeah. This one takes four. I'm using four shuttles on this one because of the colours. It's got four colours, and um, in the warp, it's a corresponding warp and weft. So a shuttle holds the. Weft. The weft, mm -hmm. and the weft is the wool. Mm -hmm. That's it. That goes from side to side. The warp is the one that goes from end to end, lengthways. And how do you decide what colours to use, what designs? This, to a degree, was deci decided for me, because I'm doing it for somebody. Yeah. They had their own colours in mind. Mm -hmm. This is going to be used for um, to be used on the hill. It's like a camouflage for stalking, shooting. Ah, of course. So, so it's kind of like a mustardy yellow, some blues. Yeah, and, and uh, very earthy. Yeah. Uh, very earthy, and, and so it's got to blend in with the surrounding landscape, the hill, the heather, all that. So, but um, other than that, over a period, I've got my own range. Do you have any that you particularly love, any colours you particularly love working? The one I'm selling. <laughs> <laughs> You're a businessman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so no, I, learn, I like them all, and I use um, the landscape, seascapes as much as I can to to yeah. go surrounding. Yeah, and um, I've got no, they don't all represent landscapes or seascapes or anything like that, but I try as much as I can to incorporate the yeah. colours of. Yeah, and you see that with the turquoisey, yeah, the green sea ones and see at certain certain days, certain yeah. moods, whatever. Yes, yeah. and and try and capture that. And, uh, yeah. Who are you selling to? Just uh, people coming by? No, no, that's very small part of yeah. the 
I do that too, mm -hmm. but it's see. You see, I've got no signs. Yeah. Don't yeah. advertise anywhere. Yes, that's nice. And you sell to big companies then? Uh, uh, more high street tailors. Tailors. Ah, yeah. People that make uh, bags. I suppose at the moment, two of my biggest customers are on the island. Oh. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Yeah. How many days do you need to produce a 100 meter row? A week. A one week? Mm -hmm. It takes me a day to set it up, uh -huh. to prepare a warp, load it onto the loom, get the loom up and set uh -huh. mm -hmm. a day. Yeah. After that, I aim for 25 meters a day. For the oh. four days, so that's oh. your, okay. so Sometimes you, you can do that, some days you can't. No. Yeah. Where do you get your wool from? I get the wool from a mill up in Sharbost, now known as Harris Tweed Hebrides. So it is local wool? There, there, there will be some local wool in amongst it for sure, but uh, first of all, it's a Scottish clip. And all this wool I'm using in the yarn comes from the Chiviet breed of sheep. As a weaver, do you all have your own signature styles? No, there's so many, so many designs. The more, the most you can do is colour combinations. That could be used in the show. Morag, yes, that's that's Guinness, that's Guinness. Oh, Guinness. Yeah. <laughs> and he's rich. Oh, Guinness, Guinness that's Guinness. <laughs> okay, and, and uh, see, I'm what's termed a small independent producer. Now, I was for 20 years weaving for the mills. Now, they are the bigger producers. But still here. Oh, absolutely. All Harris Tweed must be hand-woven at the weaver's old home. It can't be produced anywhere other than at the weaver's old home. So, uh, you know, I was working here, but being supplied by the mills yeah. at the time. Yeah. So, it's... Uh, now, it was 20, 27 years ago that I became an independent producer. And do you have to be registered with Harris Tweed Authority? Oh yes, yes, you have to be known to them. And they they have to, you know, your work has to be, well, uh, especially if you're starting from scratch, you'd have, your work would, would be assessed before you'd, and then you'd issued with a, an authority number, a weaver number. So that's it. So yeah. without that number, you, it's not Harris Tweed. Yes, because you could present that number when on uh, everything that to a company the Tweed. Do you ever think about retirement? No, <laughs> never. Well, with that few health, health, <laughs> keeping up. Yeah, because it, like you said, like some days you can weave a lot, and other days you can't. Yeah. And it's bad enough when you've got a, a job maybe when you go into an office mm -hmm. and you're ill, but when something relies so much on your physicality... Yeah, well, that's... That's stressful. That's the part, uh, yes, uh, but... Uh, Keeps you young. <laughs> yes, yeah. So that that being... That being... Um, health being good... Well, is the thing that's going to determine yeah, how long you can carry on. absolutely, absolutely. Okay, yes, we'll slow down, slow down, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, but... Uh, but uh, I'd hate to think giving it up. And is the community of weavers? Is it? Does it feel like a community, or very much because you're si you're see, single people see, in your in my dad's day in the fifties, sixties, then in in the village where we you know it was just there was one of these an older version of these the wooden looms 
every second house. Some were doing it when they wanted to, because they were just doing small, small pieces to sell on to passing street in summer. Mm. Others, like my dad, who were at it for uh, for income, mm. for their uh, for their weekly income, even for the mills. So there was a few of them. So growing up, a lot of the industry started on the croft. They had their own ship. Summertime, when the ship was shorn, the ladies of the crofts would be out with their big tubs, fire underneath, boiling the water, dyeing the wool, dyeing the fleeces, hanging them out to the fences to dry. And uh, some then, still in this, in, in, in my time, when I, this period I'm talking about, there were still people using the natural dyes from the plants. Mm. Yeah. And and uh, although you know the chemicals then the, the mills were using the chemicals long before that, mm. but uh, the small uh, the small independents and just people doing a few lengths over the winter from their own wool and everything, some of them would tend to use the uh, natural plant, yeah. the plants. Twenty five years ago, we met a lady here, and uh, she was knitting with speed of lightning oh yes um, yeah. she, she was doing jumpers you know uh, from 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 wool any yeah, color and she yeah. said she was using the natural colors colors uh, yes, she would I, go she would go to the field and yes, dig up and yeah. and, and, and Buy mix a, their own yeah. mm -hmm. mix their own uh, yeah. uh the wool and the plants and uh, yes yeah how you, in, in a big pot they had like this, a bucket yeah they, a big they, pot had, they had they had they had they were they, they, rubbing pot, the color into the wool they, these know? these pots were coming you know, I think some of them were, were, would have been coming from Holland, mm. and and they were they were. Um, we've I mean, there's what I've got one out there that's a, a like a pot plant now, mm. Mm. but that wasn't that was one. I think from the days of Lord Leverhulme when he was working in Lever, they had boilers for something, and it was part of other things. And there's a few of them about, <laughs> but uh, there were others, and they were big pots and they had three legs on them mm -hmm. and they could be mounted on rocks at the yeah. pit and the fire underneath. The wool set two days or three days in this pot to absorb the colour. Yeah, yeah. so maybe the, the, the longer the cooking time yeah. the darker it got yeah. Yeah. of any colour if it yeah. was. Yeah. 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 More intense. More intense, yeah. And you maintain your yes. machine yourself? Yeah. Yes, yes. Great. And yeah. do you get spare parts if something breaks? Well, they're no longer made, oh. so parts are just, you're replacing old with worn, or worn with old. Mm. So it's, uh, but there's still a few old parts, second-hand parts about. I've still got a few, Good. so I think I've got enough to see me. So another 30 years. Oh, we'll no, problem. <laughs> no problem, no problem, no problem. So, oh, so yeah, 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 yeah. And how do you keep yourself entertained in this room? Music. Yeah, that's so big. Yes. What's yeah. your favourite music? Well, usually pipe bag music. No. <laughs> I, oh yes, I like the bagpipes. But usually, I've got in the mornings. It's like a current affairs news. Oh yes, that radio four kind of thing. Yeah, but it's in Gaelic. Oh. Yeah, you were speaking Gaelic with the postman. Yeah, right? yes. Yes, 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 yes. And uh, so I've got that until um, I've got that from half past seven till ten. And then you go on to music, Gaelic music, that's till 12. 
that's just finishing, just know. It's it's it's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, that's the, the this this uh, and then after this it will be some um, catching up with local history, perhaps. I don't know what's on today, but have an hour, and then it's usually a woman's hour kind of thing, kind of thing. And does it have to be music to a certain rhythm because of the way you're pedalling? No, 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 no. But it's, it's, uh, but that, 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 that's that. That's that. That's that. Can I just ask a quick question about Gaelic? Did yeah. you learn English at school? Or? Yes, I went to school at five without a word of English, as a lot of my generation did before and after. Really? For a while. Yes. Oh yes, right. Yes. yes, yes. But see, see in. I went to school in 57 and I can't think of any families that had moved in to the area no, that were English speakers then. I think it did happen certainly before I left school. A few families had moved into the area and then it became, well, it became then that if you were out and about in the, in the evenings it would be English and then the younger ones that hadn't gone to school, mm-hmm. well, they had they had some English mm-hmm. going to school. Mm-hmm. In fact, some of them perhaps had mostly English. Oh. Okay. But, uh, yeah, and as time went on, yeah. that the whole thing reversed mm-hmm. to it was all English. Because I suppose, like with Harris Tweed and protecting this, mm-hmm. is it quite important to protect the Gaelic language? If it's going to survive, very much so. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Is it taught in school? Or? It is now. Yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and encouraged. Oh. Mm-hmm. And encouraged. Hopefully. Yes. Yeah. 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 And and uh, I see now youngsters, when I say, yeah, well, they are young, uh, they're 20, so, <laughs> who will come and won't speak a word of English. Mm-hmm. Just gally, gally, gally. Oh, yes. Yes. I find that good. <laughs> yes, it is good. And then, but I've got perhaps the next generation above that. From the from the area, mm. they haven't got a word of gun. Yeah. yeah. So. Mm. Because so much of it is dependent on the policies that are put in place yes, in education. Yeah, and isn't and, it, and so then it? these people that haven't got it, raise their own kids. They're making sure that the kids are going to have it. Mm-hmm. Another thing about about in my dad's time, and there was very little of the moving parts in the room that I knew of, other than that by Gaelic by their Gaelic yes. name. Mm. Yeah. Now, uh, I was trying the other day to try and, and I've forgotten. Mm. And, and they would, even, even this temple, no, the temple, no, mm-hmm. it had a, a, a very funny sounding word that, yeah. I don't know, uh, uh, it was the only time it was ever used. Mm-hmm. No, this is Kram, the Kram mm-hmm. No, that's, that, that's a beam. You should write it down for the future. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, no, that's the crown's the warp bin. Uh-huh. So that's easy enough. Yeah, no, yeah, crown. Yeah. But it's the little yes. fiddly bits. Fiddly bits, yeah. Well, the spars, still the shuttle, the box of caravanuk, and the caravan. They had the caravanuk. Caravan, because it's uh, rough and yeah. it grips. And uh, that's your, that's your uh, chest breast oh, part. Yes. Okay. So that's. Uh, yeah. 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 So, so, yep, yeah. granuity. The the cloth beam the the tweed the cloth so that's beam. the bit that the tweed that's all been onto yeah yeah, yeah. so you know, all these things yes 
and and and, and uh, even even the mechanics down below like tapas uh, they had uh, and and uh, the old mm-hmm. uh, uh, but no they had the, everything had a, uh, they had a word written yeah. Gaelic mm-hmm. now sadly yeah. unless somebody has written it down mm-hmm. I'd like to think so just thing. for a purely historical mm-hmm. Mm. Somebody would have yeah. written it down yeah. because when 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 Hummel and the Lean Vyashvian to some people, all that's gone. You can't get it back. Yes, and the sound they had the sound. Suppose and you know you could perhaps hear just see it written. You you would take your own interpretation or put your sound to it. Perhaps it's not that quite because this part. I don't know. It was. It was. It was. Viari. No, I don't know what. what so is it this? Is it frustrating because you can't grasp? Yes, what it I wants? think so. Yes, yes, yes. And and even there was a wee spanner for this, and that too had a name, in Gaelic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I started in 1970, there was independence, which there was a lot of. But remember, the independence then they they had perhaps spent a lifetime. At regular paid work, mm-hmm. but had learned the weaving skill from so when they were young, yeah. and now perhaps they had retired or mm-hmm. perhaps even while they were working, if they job, if they were on land, yeah. perhaps they were weaving some tweeds in the evenings mm-hmm. for themselves or something. Yeah. Yeah. But between them and the number of people that were, uh, there was over a thousand weaving for the mills. Wow. A thousand? Over a thousand Whoa. weaving for the mills. And there wouldn't be, it wouldn't be far short of another thousand independents. Oh. No, all, or I'm taking in all the, the, the small, the, every loom that was working. So you're talking about two thousand looms working. Oh, mm-hmm. No. My grandfather had Harris Tweed at home. Yeah. Yes. He was a tailor master. Was he? Yes. Mm-hmm. And where are you from? We're from Germany. Okay. And he had five apprentices, and wow. he, he always oh, said. Wow. It's so heavy, this Harris Church. <laughs> it would be then. Yes. It would be then. Well, that was in, you know, late and 60s. Why would it be different then to it's the, just the, the, the style the, of fashion of the what we're use for it. Because remember, the Harris Tweed in its earlier days was used a lot for out, outdoor wear. Yeah. Outdoors. Yeah. Outdoor wear in winter. And winter. Yeah. And yeah. winter. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And my word, even the lightest tweed then was heavy. No, this is the heaviest tweed you can get in Harris Tweed now. The wool spun at that time. The oh. strings were very thick. Thick, right. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. The, the you had you had massive, massive cloth. Yes, yeah. it was. Mm. It was. So that's how it got its name for a good quality. It's still quality. Oh, yeah, quality. It, was, it, it was, you know, 50 years. Yes. If it was well made, oh, you had a, a product for life. Yes. Oh, for sure. Yes. For sure, yes. It's still good. It's still good. And... Um, so it's still very much a cottage industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah, broadcast the spirit here. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Bring it on the internet. <laughs> I will.